That's right. Welcome back to Range Anxiety. 30 years of automotive tuning experience in 30 minutes. Coming at you a couple of times a week from the inside of my Tesla Model 3 SR Plus, the quiet one today. And isn't it quiet and smooth? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? And he's going to stand up today because I've been getting a fair few requests. Yep, the emails are starting to pump in and to the point where I don't really have enough time to answer them between doing a couple of other things, a couple of other jobs and running range anxiety. So a lot of people were really blown away on the piece we did on Peter Brock, both Paul Howzon and I. And, uh, you know, to the point where people were asking me, Martin, tell me a bit more about the polarizer. What is it? Well, Apart from a box of rocks, as Motor Magazine <laughs> referred to it as in about 2012, which is probably the most accurate thing I can find, there is not a lot known about the polarizer. So I did a bit of research. I know, silly me, waste of time, but I did a bit of research into the polarizer and had a look at some of the alleged scientific, or, or well, <laughs> alleged functions of it. Um, and rather than just rabbit on about the polarizer in today's epicast, I thought we might have a look at a bunch of other things that have been around over the years that don't work on cars either. Right, so let me start though with the Brock polarizer. My research leads me to believe everyone is saying it's a box full of crystals and magnets. Well, that's about as far as it goes, and uh, DB. Tech, I think it was, or, and, or Perry Integration, the company that made these, which was the um, combination between Brock and Dowker, and I think Bev Brock made some of them as well, or, or was the inspiration, really. Um, the Polarizer did achieve one thing very important, and it stopped Peter Brock from being, allegedly, a heavy drinker and heavy smoker. So this whole crystal healing thing he got into with Dowker actually did improve his health somewhat. So that's a good thing. But what's in the box? Well, at the time, um, there are a bunch of sceptics uh, and a sceptic society here in Australia that awarded him, I think in 87, the Bent Spoon Award for um, believing in something that doesn't exist. And they challenged Brock on the polarizer being based on the principles of orgone energy. Now, I don't know a lot about it, but I did some research into it, and it was something developed in, or the concept of orgone, even if I'm pronouncing that right, I'm probably not, it might be orgone, and it might not be too. Um, it was developed in the 30s, would you believe, by uh, Wilhelm Reich, an Austrian, who was quickly run out of town um, during World War II and ended up in the US, where he got put in jail for contempt of contempt of court or breaching an, an injunction stopping him preaching this orgone energy uh, stuff. Basically what it is, it's based around a crystal called organite. Now it doesn't naturally occur and it's not even a crystal but they refer to it as a crystal, I don't know why. So what it is, is it's metal filings set in like a fiberglass resin. That's right, metal filings in resin and they put sprinkle bits of quartz in there as well, which is a naturally occurring and, and in Australia, very commonly occurring crystal. And as the resin cures, it is supposed to put pressure 
on the quartz and form points on the end of the quartz, which gives it a polarizing effect. Now, the combination of, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh here, the combination of the um, metal and the crystals forms a life force energy known as orgone energy, which aligns molecules, right? <laughs> and gets things nice and straight and in order and can also repress bad vibes, turn away negative people and get nasty thoughts out of your mind. In fact, I might start wearing one of these around my neck. Anyone that knows me would probably suggest it's a good idea. So, Unfortunately, there have been no empirical studies that have shown that this does anything at all. Um, 1989, there was a study undertaken uh, and yeah, by a, a qualified scientist and yet yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't uh, work out orgone energy or if it did anything at all either. So when General Motors Holden got quite upset with Brock, yeah, that was because he um, was purporting a device and a type of energy that there is still to this day no scientific backing or support for. I mean, you know, you search it on eBay, Organite, O-R-G-O-N-I-T-E, and yeah, there's bunches of hippie pyramids and crystals and, and pen holders and stuff and um, beads for your pet collar and, and so on. And yeah, they purport, purport a better lifestyle, but yeah, nothing ever happens. So what happened, how did Brocky make his thing? Now, I'm not going to cut our polarizer apart because that box of rocks is part of our VEHDT's um, heritage and there's no way in the world John, the owner, would allow me to do such a thing. He would kill me if I touched his box of rocks. So I've attempted to work out through various documents that existed at the time and Brock used to get very heated about it and slam his hand down on the desk when questioned about it and say, this isn't the point here. He did believe, but he didn't like being grilled about it constantly. It got pretty boring, and yeah, I, I can sort of see his point of view there. So the polarizer would seem to be a plastic box or a metal box with inside of it some kind of um, organite in pieces, I would think, or one slab of organite made to fit inside the box to align molecules and with its metal filings and fiberglass resin. And then on either side of it, they put uh, magnets of opposing poles. So that, uh, and again, I, I can't pick up anything magnetic on our polarizer, so I'm not even sure if, it, you know, this is true, but this, this is what was said. And so the organite would be absorbing all the negative energy and uh, misaligned molecules, and then the opposing magnets with their magnetic field would be pushing these magnets, uh, sorry, the <laughs> the newly aligned energy out through the vehicle. Like Brock said at the time, forget about the engines. I'm a chassis development guy and I know what makes a chassis better. And apparently the organ energy flowing out of the box and through the car is what made it handle better, made the chassis more rigid and everything else. And it's not the only thing it allegedly makes more rigid because the org part of organ is uh, related to the word and apparently they're related orgasm. So there you go. So not only will it make you uh, your car handle better and you'll drive faster, but you'll probably do it with a hard on. Yep. So 
how are we going to test this? I'm not going to pull our VE apart. I went down the local electronics supplier, JCAR Electronics in South Australia. You're helpful people and you do a good job. And uh, I got myself a component box. Very, very nice. Component box. I got myself some potting resin. And potting resin's that sort of black hard stuff that you see that sets electronic components in a box so that they're vibration resistant. And I got myself some Organite off eBay. The ones, the beads, they're like a rectangular thing about oh, eighth of an inch by an eighth of an inch by, you know, a quarter of an inch high. And they're designed for pet collars. And I'm going to stack, I'm going to make a layer of resin on the bottom. I'm going to stack it full of Organite. And then I'm going to get my opposing pole magnets. I'm going to put them in. I'm going to set the whole thing in resin. I'm going to make a nice sticker for it. And I'm actually going to make a nice sticker for the rear windscreen of the Tesla, my DTEC EV sticker, and it's going to have metal substrate through it. So it will work as an aerial for the negative and positive energies. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to apply all of this to the car. And I'm going to spend like a couple of hours of my time doing this. And we're probably going to achieve absolutely nothing. But what fun. Imagine if it did something. My bet is, oh, and I'm not really a gambling man, but there's one in a million that there will be any measurable difference to the vehicle in any way other than it weighing probably oh, 300 grams more than it did to start with, which won't give you any um, change in performance. Right, so I'm making a polarizer. Yep. If you reckon that you know, you can help me out with some tips here, then email me. We always go on about the email link. But email me at dtech at senet.com.au. That's D-T-E-C-H at S-E-N-E-T dot com dot A-U. So there's the polarizer out of the way in the first part of the Epicast. And I will keep you up to date and I will post some photos on Facebook once I've made it so everyone can have a good old laugh, me included. And then we'll run a little test procedure. But what about some other things that, that have been put on uh, internal combustion cars over the years that do absolutely nothing that I've ever seen? Now, I'm going to upset some, a few people here. I don't care. I'm quite good at that. And if you don't like being upset, press the uh, select button on your media player now and go somewhere else. What about fuel magnets? Now, aren't they fantastic things? A pair of magnets that clip around your fuel line going to your, you know, your, your injectors or carburetor or whatever it is that's supplying fuel to your engine. They go to, <laughs> they clip around your fuel line and they align and condense the molecules in your fuel line so that you get better fuel atomization. Your car makes more power and runs um, more economically. Now, magnets do work. Magnetic fields do work, right? There's no two ways about that. Everything's based on magnets. In fact, uh, the motor that I'm sitting on top of at the moment is an AC permanent magnet motor. Without magnets, the world wouldn't even spin. And no, it's not flat. And no, Trump hasn't arrested everyone in the US that's ever been in politics. So stop that and turn off if you believe that crap too right now. So, you know, magnets are a really, really, really important part of life. However, fuel, unleaded fuel, fuel is not magnetic. So while you can have some really good magnets around your fuel line and, you know, all of these alleged gains, 
uh, you're going to be pretty hard me uh, pressed to measure anything because fuel isn't magnetic. So it's not going to respond to magnets, you doofus. Now, again, there might be people that argue here, but I have been over my years writing for magazines and going through uh, the general motions. I've had to test such dross myself many times, probably half a dozen times. And no, there has been no difference on the dyno and there has been no a difference uh, in fuel economy either. So, yep, magnets don't work either. Mm, okay. What about something that could work? Oh, what about um, if you've ever watched those late night TV advertorials where they've got this thing that'll slice and dice and cut up your vegetables a special way, more efficiently than you've ever seen, and wait, you get a free set of steak knives. Well, there, is those, there are those metal things. They look like fittings out of those slices and dices that you put in the induction tube of your engine. And yeah, they're supposed to swirl the air, you know, swirl it around and get for better fuel atomization and get for, oh, really, truly? Well, I've never seen one work. It's not like what we call a tumble valve inside the inlet manifold of a current engine like Subaru use. No, this is like a carrot grating, a carrot grater, or a, a cucumber shredder that sits well down the inlet track, you know, after or before the airflow meter. I can't even remember. They sit stupid things and they're supposed to do something. Well, yes, I actually have seen these do something. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I have seen them reduce the cross-sectional area of the inlet track enough to get a couple of horsepower power loss. Yeah, that's right. You stuff a restriction in your inlet of any sort. I don't care how much spiral it's supposed to put on the air. And it's going to rob you of power. Hmm, unless your inlet is overdone to start with. At which point, if you're good enough to design an inlet system to do that, you're obviously smart enough not to use one of these things. So you'll prob probably never know. Yeah, so, uh, you know, people still sell this stuff today. I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to end up in court. But anything that's supposed to disrupt airflow and improve airflow into the engine, it's just rubbish. If you have a look at how many corners and right angles the air needs to turn and how much um, Venturi design uh, or effect goes into port design, no amount of mixing up the air before this happens is going to do a bloody thing. Again, get upset with me. If you don't like it, bad luck, turn off. Um, where should I go from here? Uh, there are, like, there are plenty of, uh, you know, the little fans that you get on top of CPUs in computers. Those little, you know, CPU fans is those things that you're supposed to put in your inlet as well. And they're supposed to, uh, you know, electrically supercharge your engine. Yeah, well, the thing is, a tiny little electric fan that draws no current and spins very, very slowly is going to generate about, a hundredth of the amount of air a decent sized internal combustion engine needs uh, to give it a positive effect on boost. So therefore, what you're going to have is an electrically driven inlet restriction. And most of these things with leaf blowers and stuff like that, it just robs power. If you're leaf blowing in nitrous oxide, well, that's something different. So we're using a chemical reaction. But there is no such thing as a free power power adder that is one of these gimmicks. That is not to say all electric induction 
aiders are rubbish. There are some that actually do do things, and I've seen them work on quite small engines, you know, like 1500 to 1800cc engines getting a electric boost from a fan that, you know, you can supply four, 500 CFM of airflow. But to do this, they drain one hell of a lot of electric current. So you need big batteries, for instance, assist, you need big alternator drive, um, and you need some clever uh, software control so that the thing will idle and not not restrict the engine in an off-boost sort of situation. There are some kits around now, and I've forgotten their names, that seem to look like, you know, they, they might have the gear and they might do something, but they aren't cheap either. You know, you're talking several thousand dollars. Yeah, nah. I mean, the ultimate one of these is obviously the electrical, or the electric assist turbochargers because they are a proper... Um, a power power adder, power generator that are, you know, exhaust gas driven with electric assist. So, you know, engineers that are making proper engineering things uh, for proper engines, yeah, uh, you know, they're going to get on top of this hybrid style um, electric assist. And yes, it does work and, and it will do a good job, but it's not going to be something for five bucks you can buy off Wish. No, 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 it's going to be a proper thing that's going to cost you thousands and require um, some really clever software engineering to make all good. Now, another one, it's another one, they, I, these are just coming to my mind as I, I'm sitting here cruising along, and yeah, another one is hot earth kits. Now, the majority of engines, or any engine, any EFI engine, or particularly later model ones, won't run unless the engine's earthed correctly. So, you know, if, if you're missing an earth, shit goes wrong. You run into problems, you run into, you know, ignition problems, you run into uh, sensor signal problems. And modern cars have plenty of good earths on them, but they don't have the aesthetic appeal of six or 10 multicolored wires that look like they're designed to run a subwoofer running to, you know, various parts of the engine and to the negative terminal of the battery or somewhere else. Um, I have tested these over the years in my magazine time as well, and I've seen them do absolutely nothing. In the case where you have uh, uh, some old piece of crap car where it does have an engine earth problem, then buying one of these hot earth kits can actually fix it, can actually fix the problem. But so can just running a jumper cable, like one of the standard ones you start your car with. Yeah, so can running one of those directly from the battery negative to, to an earth point on the engine. Yeah, so, I mean, a car that's functioning or an engine that's functioning correctly and is in good condition, a hot earth kit or an additional earth system, whatever you want to call it, is going to do nothing. You know, so the holy grail of all of this would be um, a polarizer equipped um, <laughs> vegetable uh, chopper stuffed up the inlet with magnets around the fuel line and uh, multiple earth points, that should actually rob you of about 5% power. That should be quite a good thing, shouldn't it? So yeah, look, I don't recommend any of this because we can measure these things. That hence the interest in once and for all proving that the polarizer does not and did not ever work 
because that's something that allegedly can't be measured. But there are so many better tools around now and there are so many things I can log in these Teslas. So many, many, many things that I reckon we can prove once and for all that organ energy doesn't exist. Um, organite doesn't do anything apart from look pretty and it won't even do that when it's potted inside a box uh, on the firewall of a car that you can't even see. So we'll be able to prove this categorically and I know people are gonna say, yeah, but it's not a proper Brock piece. Well, I prefer to look at the my polarizer as being a 20th century, 21st century, you know, a version of what was around back then and we can do things a lot smarter, better, quicker now, but unfortunately, we can also measure the results. So. Who think that? Who thinks that this is a good idea or that I've simply lost my mind? I was telling Gareth, who's been on the Epicast before this morning, that I would really like to get, you know, that sort of aura around me of, as being one of these people that has lost their mind and is a crackpot because it'll, you know, keep the general public away from me. And, you know, I'm not really a people person. I've been social distancing since I'm born. So I reckon some cool little like oh no here comes polarizer fruit loop that might be actually good for me that that might be character building in fact i know it will be but don't worry this is just a fun experiment and something we can talk um to paul how's on about next time he's in town which should be later this week or maybe early next week i have ruffled a few feathers there though because paul and mark who are building the home tuner wish built uh, backyard turbocharger system back to the future back to 2002 all-wheel drive holden adventurer ls1 they have taken great offense to some of my comments from the last couple of epicasts well that's bad luck isn't it take it from someone who's been there done that and lost the skin kids but yeah they kind of believe that I've got it wrong and that their, um, their, their, their sort of retro build of a single turbo Commodore is going to be the ultimate. I mean, starting with a $200 turbocharger off Wish, good shopping site that, so don't sue me, Wish. But a $200 turbocharger normally gives you $200 results. And I can see that if there's any stress put on the thing, that there's gonna be a fair bit of smoke out past the turbine seal, which is probably made out of an old sock or something like that. You know, I, I have used a lot of China turbos in my time. I, I'm not much of a fan of them because they have cost me a lot of money and lost me a lot of sleep. Won't use one ever again, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I think they're gonna run into some issues, but you know, Mark, like I said, took offense and he's been sending me pictures, pictures of bits of steam pipe laid out. This is what we're going to make a manifolds out of, like a, a one and a half inch crossover pipe that looks like it's left over from a Gen T build. And yeah, I can tell you that, yeah, that doesn't work real good. Um, and they're going to tune it themselves, which is great. I mean, there is no mystery to, 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 to home tuning a single turbo. Holden, particularly, is in Paul's case, he actually has one, that statesman of his, with one of my tunes in it already. So he should just be able to balance up the fuel system and put the tune out of his statesman into this thing, and it should kind of, you hear that? 
kind of work, but it's not getting it running that I'm talking about. This is nothing easier than getting a single turbo LS1 running, you know, like a sane one at least anyway, or, and one on a stock engine. The devil is in the details. And, you know, neither of these guys are dumb when it comes to cars. They've both been around them a lot and they've both built a lot of stuff. But it'll be interesting to see if and how the pure excitement factor of just doing something that's only been done before 50,000 times gets to them and they cut some corners. Oh, I reckon there might be some doozies. But, you know, there is no excuse because those things are that well documented now and have been around that long that they should just get it right. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good they make it and how well it's tuned. I'm still going to give them grief about it. Why? Because that's what I do. Now, I had to cut this episode up a little bit because someone else's Bluetooth that happened to come up close to me was connected to this car as well. And there was some other conversation going on that was quite funny, but probably not part of a range anxiety epicast. So listen, thank you for listening. I'm happy to listen to you when it comes to new uh, ideas and new suggestions for the show at dtech at senet.com.au. Um, good news is that COVID didn't get me. No, I reckon I've had it twice now, but honestly, I've had nothing more than a sniffle. But like every bloke, every guy, yeah, we've had the COVID. No, we haven't. Um, which means I've got more time now to finish this Epicast and go and start building my polarizer. Notice I haven't put my brand DTEC EV to it. No, and I'm not going to either. So till next time, stay tuned.